Let's go ahead and turn to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll go ahead and finish up tonight with uh, this chapter, Lord willing. Last week we were dealing with the subject of the vessels found in verse number 20 through verse number 21. Uh, And we found four types of vessels. We find vessels of gold, vessels of silver, vessels of wood, and vessels of earth. And I've heard preachers preach different times about, uh, depending on your works, uh, some are cleaner, some are like vessels of gold, some are like vessels of silver, some are like vessels of wood, and some are like vessels of earth, based on, on where you're at in your Christian life. I, I don't know that I agree with that, that look of, of how that passage reads, because to me, I, I read this passage as this, and that is that God makes different vessels for different purposes. Whether you're a wood vessel or whether you're the gold vessel, you're, to God, you're just as important. Just one vessel is made for one purpose of the master and the other one is made for another purpose of the master. The distinguishing fact that I think everybody can agree with, whether they agree with me on that or not, is found in verse number 21. When the Bible says, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Now, it doesn't matter which vessel you are. What makes us a vessel of honor is whether we purge ourselves from these things Plural. And uh, we found, <coughs> excuse me, we found that these things are referring to verse number 19. And we find in verse number 19, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from, what's the next word here? Iniquity. So that's what it's referring to in verse 21, that we're to be uh, purged from these things. And so if a man therefore purge himself of these, or from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified. And we dealt with the fact that sanctified means to be set apart for a specific purpose. Not only are we setting ourselves apart from the world, but we're setting ourselves apart to the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible teaches very clearly in, uh, in verse number, uh, 20, I believe it is, uh, let's see here. I'm sorry, no, it is in verse 21, sanctified, and the Bible says, and it goes on to say, and meet, M-E-E-T, meet, for the master's use. This word meet means suitable. It's not like the meat that you eat. It's not like greeting somebody in a meeting place, but it means suitable. In fact, it's the same uh, thought or comp, uh, context of uh, what we find in Genesis when God looks at man and says, it's not good that man shall be alone. I shall make and help meet for him. And it's not one word, help meet, it's a help meet for him, suitable for him. And I know people that use the term help meet, I don't have a problem with that, because they just combine the two together. There's no doubt that they are helpful and they are suitable for them. Uh, but the word meet meaning suitable. And so we find that the only way that we can become suitable uh, in this area of serving God is if we purge ourselves from these things and prepared unto every good work. Now, let's stop for a minute and let's take an umbrella view, a high view, if you will, overview of chapter 2. We found at the very first part of the chapter that Paul is dealing with the fact that Timothy needed to be strong in the Lord. That there was an understanding or an implication that persecution would come in doing God's work. And then he tells Timothy, he says, you need to take what you've learned and commit it to faithful men who are able to teach others also. And so this idea of service is kind of woven through the entire chapter. That there's going to be persecution when you serve God. 
You're going to teach the things that you need, that you've learned to other men who are able to teach others also so they can go and serve. And then we read several verses in the middle portion of this chapter dealing with the fact of perseverance. And we found the principle of Scripture of um, suffering and reward, suffering and reward. You do the labor, you get the reward. And uh, the idea of the husbandman who has to labor in the field in order to reap or eat of the fruits. And so we find this this concept of uh, suffering and reward or work, laboring and reward. And uh, so the entire chapter two is dealing with the topic of our service to God. We get down here in verse 20 and 21, we find that the only way that we can be suitable for this service is by purging ourselves from these things, sanctifying ourselves unto God, and preparing ourselves unto every good work. Now, it also says here in verse 22, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on God out of a pure heart. We're going to say just two or three things about this verse, and then we're going to move on to finish out the chapter. Youthful lusts are not necessarily just of a sexual nature or an immoral nature, but youthful lusts are the appetites or the desires that young people would have. Uh, they're silly in nature, aren't they? Uh, a lot of times they don't focus in. They're not sincere about things. They're not... Uh, they're not sober about their life and they're, they're all about, I want to have fun right now. I can get serious when I get older. And we all kind of know what that is. You know, we want the fastest car. We want, uh, the most money. We want a job that pays a lot of money and I don't have to work at all, you know, kind of thing. And that's the way a lot of these young people are. And so it's telling us here basically that we need to be mature. We need to grow up. These things that we used to long for when we were young, we need to put those behind us and say, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have a focus. And that is going to be a focus on serving God with our lives. We're going to give ourselves to Him. And so he says, flee also youthful us. Those things that would cause us to desire or long for things that would be of an immature nature or something that would hinder us from Christ. But follow faith, righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I was reading a little bit on this chapter in a commentary a couple of weeks ago, and a comment was made that I'd never thought of about this verse. But it makes sense, and I believe it's proven through Scripture. Paul tells Timothy throughout this, this, these last eight or ten verses that we've read here to depart from iniquity, to avoid foolish and unlearned questions, to flee youthful lusts, and to purge ourselves from the iniquities. And then he makes this statement that we're to follow after or to pursue righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that are called the Lord out of your heart. And this guy in the commentary made this statement. He said, the more and the harder that we pursue after these things, the less likely we are to be involved in the other things. In other words, if we pursue after the faith and the righteousness and the charity and the peace with them that call the Lord out of a pure heart, and we make that our, our desire of our heart, and that's what we're longing for, and that's what we're working for, it's kind of hard to have time for the iniquity and the foolish and unlearned questions and, and, uh, and the, uh, the dishonorable things that would cause us to be not meet or not suitable for the Master's use. I, I was reminded when I read that, that phrase or that, that portion about that in the commentary of a story that my dad told years ago of a missionary, and I don't know where he heard it from, but apparently a missionary had gone into a tribal uh, place and had uh, led the chief of the tribe to the Lord. 
And he couldn't stay very long, and so he told the chief, he said, I'll come back through here and check on you a little bit later. Until then, you need to live right and follow after the Lord. And the chief said, I'll do my best. And so he went on to the next tribe and was gone for a period of time. And when he came back, he met with the chief again. He said, how's it going? And the chief, as best as he could, because he didn't know much and uh, about the things of the Lord, he said, well, it's almost like there's a big black dog inside of me that always wants to do bad things. And then there's a big white dog inside of me that always wants to do good things. And he said, it feels like they're always fighting each other. And the missionary said, which one, which one is winning? And the chief said, the one that I feed the most. To avoid the iniquity, if we want to get victory in our lives over the sin, then we ought to pursue after righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call the Lord out of a pure heart. That ought to be the striving. I've met people before that say, boy, I just can't get victory in my life in this area, this sin, this iniquity. And they don't ever make an effort. I think think one of the greatest sources of truth on this matter is found in Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How are we going to purge these things? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart, not half-hearted, not just giving it a a, a token effort. With my whole heart, with everything that I have, with my whole heart have I sought Thee. Oh, let me not wander from Thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. In that same chapter, several verses later, in verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so we ought to follow after these things in order to not have the iniquities that is spoken of here in our lives. If we want to be a vessel, meet for the Master's use, then let's follow after righteousness. It's still okay to try to do right. Amen? It's, it's not wrong, even though the society here nowadays that we live in, they frown on righteousness, don't they? They frown on piety and holiness. Now, I don't think you do it in a haughty spirit. But you ought, to, you ought to strive, and we ought to strive as God's people to purify our lives as best we can with the Holy Spirit's help and with God's leading and giving strength to do everything that we can. And how do we do that? We pursue after righteousness. We follow after faith. Peace, charity. Now I want you to notice to them that call on the Lord. Aren't you glad we have a God that we can call on? Without, a, without Him, we can't do anything. We don't, get, we don't get victory in our lives. We don't get anything. And when we're struggling and we can't seem to get these things out of our life, we can't seem to purge it out of our life, we can call on God. But I want you to know He wants us to have a pure heart. We must call on God out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing they do gender strifes. We've dealt with that topic before. We've already talked about how it's like a canker that eats away and destroys the faith of others. So we're not going to take time to rehash that verse. The Bible says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive. We're to be gentle unto... What is it? Wow. Lord, did you really have to put that word in there? Gentle unto all men. Do we have an example of that in Scripture? Yeah, I think we do. 
Isaiah chapter 53 said he opened not his mouth. He opened not his mouth, but went as a sheep to the slaughter. Gentle. What about those that, evil, that, that work evil with me? What, are those, what about those that despitefully use me? Treat them gently. Treat them with gentleness. The servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach. We've seen that theme in chapter 2 here several times now as Paul's told Timothy, make sure that you're teaching these things and patient. In meekness. That's humility. <clears throat> I heard somebody define it this way one time. I, I've always struggled with defining humility. I, I think one of the best def- definitions I've ever heard of it was this. Humility is not thinking too highly of yourself, nor is it thinking too lowly of yourself. But humility is not thinking of yourself. Because there are some people who pride themselves on how lowly they think of themselves. And they lose their humility. Not thinking of ourselves. When we don't think of ourselves, is there any sacrifice then that would be too great for us to take the gospel to a world that needs to hear it? Is there any, would there be any, if we're not thinking of ourselves, would there be anything, would there be anything that would cost us too much to take the gospel to the world if we're not thinking of ourselves? And yet, there are things that hinder us, aren't there, from taking the gospel the way we should. We all have them. We all have something. Some of us have more than someone something. But when we don't think about ourselves, there's no sacrifice too great. There's no cost that's too high to have the opportunity to take the gospel to someone. And so he's, he's speaking of this and meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, even those that are fighting about the very truth that will set them free. They oppose themselves. They actually make themselves. I was reminded this week as I heard the, on the news about the, the uh, protest that was against Nancy Pelosi. Did you all hear about that on the news? She was, she was trying to give them what they wanted and they were protesting her for it. And I thought, that's people that oppose themselves. They don't even know what they need. And the thing that will set them free and give them the greatest contentment and joy and life, they're opposing it. So we're to instruct those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. We'll take just a few minutes next week to comment a few more a few more things about this particular verse, but I do want to say a couple things here real quick and before we leave. That they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. They're already in it. They have to be recovered from it. Satan has already snared them. And by the way, if we're not careful, Satan will already snare us. Because look what it says here. Who are taken captive by him? Uh, 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 who are taken captive by him? Look at the next three words. At their will. Is that what it says? What does it say? At at his will, not God's will, but at the devil's will. 
these people don't have a chance. If we're not careful, if we're not following God the way we ought to, if we're not on our guard against these things, He'll capture us by at His will, won't He? He'll ensnare us in some sin. Oh, that we would learn this. Our, our purpose, according to 2 Timothy chapter 2, is to do everything that we can to endure the hardships, to remain steadfast, to remain strong, to remain committed. We have examples of Christ in the cross. We have examples of Paul in his sufferings of ministry to give us encouragement to stay by the stuff. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Why? Well, because we're humble, we're not going to think about ourselves. We're going to think about that one that's ensnared by the devil. The one that's already in his trap, already in his grasp. And we're going to do what we can. Peradventure. God will allow them to get the repentance of those things. Oh, that we would be busy sharing the gospel. We've got a lot of work to do, folks. And we've got a mighty crowd here tonight to do it. Not in number, but in spirit. Amen. Because we have a great God. We have a great God that will strengthen us and empower us and enable us to do this work. Let's stand together. And uh, you know what, let's take, I'm sorry, let's take prayer requests and then we'll just pray, we'll just have a closing prayer. Let's do prayer requests real quick because I didn't do it earlier in the service. Anybody got prayer requests tonight? Brother Larry?